This is Next Legacy Radio. Charles, I am Brandon Madison alongside Danielle, Denia, Jura, Carol. We have a beautiful guest who is, oh, I just need people to go and get to know this young lady, go on all her social media platforms. I need everybody to pre-order the book, Most Hated. I have Kara Alloway, Real Housewives of Toronto. Thank you for coming on. How is it going? Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here, and it's really nice to meet you both. Well, I'm going to, before we start diving into the book, I, I got to tell you from a journalistic per, perception, because um, I know you do a lot, fashion magazine, chief editor, um, you do a lot. So prior to Real Housewives of Toronto, um, did you did you know this is this was going to be part of your life in a way where it's just, uh, uh, it's just an amazing journey to see? That's a great question. I always wanted to write a novel dealing with female relationships. I consider them to be the ugly stepsister of interpersonal relationships, and I think they need a lot more attention. Um, I think they're very complicated. I went to an all-girls school. I come from a family of, you know, it was just myself and my sister, all of our cousins. There was so much female environment I grew up with. And I always knew I wanted to write something in that arena. I didn't know what the platform was going to be until after I completed the first season of Real Housewives of Toronto. And then I said, oh, this is it. It's going to be set on a reality television show production behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, all of that. So, And I had always been a storyteller. As a journalist, I'm sure you guys understand, you meet a lot of interesting people and telling stories and that's really what reporting is. I mean, that's what you guys do every week. You're always telling stories. You you help other people tell their stories. So that was sort of ingrained in me. And I knew I wanted to write this book. I knew I wanted to tell a story. How was I gonna do it? And just after Real Housewives of Toronto, all the pieces fell into place. I think that, uh, you know, I, I've always had a, uh, I always felt like I've always had an opinion about just the process of reality shows, reality shows, depending on which one it's, it, I was telling Danielle earlier, it could be Toronto. It could be real housewives of Detroit. And you could go on and on and on. You can even go off of that to real basketball wise. You go, you, there's so many different ones. Um, and, and it's always hit and miss. You may think that's, um, uh, not fiction, but also you just don't know that's behind the scenes. So um, more than likely, what, what was your take when you first dived into that experience? Was it a whirlwind? Was it that you just kind of had to pick up and just kind of adjust as you went through, like, you know, your process of being on there? It was a very interesting experience because I had some girlfriends who had participated on some of the Housewives franchise in the States. So I had been exposed to the filming prior to being on the Housewives of Toronto. And I thought I knew exactly what I was getting into. What's that expression? Pride comes before a very big fall. So um, I thought I knew, you know, what, what to anticipate. I thought I knew what I was getting into. I can't really explain 
the level of anxiety that participates. And now we should clarify, when we talk about reality television here, what we're talking about is the docu-soap genre. Um, because believe it or not, I remember my son had to complete right. an essay and, and the, the topic was talking about, have you ever watched reality television? And he said, no, I don't. And I said, did you watch Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? And he said, yes. And I said, did you watch Amazing Race? And he said, yes. And I said, those are all reality television. So in the docu-soap drama, it's, it's a very different, the genre, it's a very different world. Because what you're doing really is you're filming people with an attempt to lace it together to create entertainment, right? So you're you're wanting to connect all these dots and, and edit it all together to create entertainment. So people, I remember, would say to me, what's it like having a camera crew live with you 24 hours? And I went, no, the camera crew doesn't live with me for 24 hours. So maybe it's helpful to explain how the process works. When you um, do the show at the beginning, you speak with both a story editor and a talent editor so the or a talent producer the talent producer is sort of in charge of you so he would say to me Kara what do you have going on this summer what are your plans are you having any parties um are there any are you you know are you getting a puppy are there any significant events in your life because they need to think how can we weave a story in here which a lot of it is like if you've ever taken a theater class and you've ever done improv a lot of it is like doing improv so the scene will be set for you. Um, you know, I am meeting this person for lunch. You arrive at the restaurant, the camera crew is all there. You get mic'd up. So there is a certain anticipation. You know, you're not just walking in blind. There is a level of the adrenaline gets going. And then they say, okay, this is the scene. The two of you are meeting for lunch. By the end of lunch, let's have Diane invite Kara to a party on the weekend. And anything else can happen between point A and point B. You can get there however you want. You can take whatever road, but by the end, let's make sure that that is what happens. Go. And then, you know, I walk into the restaurant, I meet Diane, maybe Diane says to me, oh, your dress is so tight. Well, that's gonna take us on a tangent off here and I'm gonna, you know, react to that and whatever. But we know that by the right. end, we want to Diane inviting me to the party. So what the other part that's interesting is just like they say in improv, you can't say no, when you're doing these scenes, you know, you can't stop and look at the camera and go, what, what's she talking about? You know, you gotta, you gotta just go with it. Like that Jennifer Aniston movie, you just gotta go with it. So in that sense, it's interesting. It's a high level of anxiety because you're always thinking in your head, how is this being stitched together? How are they telling this story? How are they producing it? What aspects are they looking at? And you do a lot of second guessing as a participant. You can't help but do that. Wow. Yeah. You mentioned two things. You mentioned docu soap. You you mentioned docu soap, which I've never heard before. So for I mean, to me, I think it's an excellent way to um, describe it. Um, you That's also mentioned we were talking about wives franchise, the Vanderpump Rules, um, anything that is like a soap opera <laughs> is considered a docu-soap in the reality genre, as opposed to a competition show or a cooking show that we call Stand and Stir, <laughs> anyone like that. So, yeah. I love it. You also mentioned improv, which I think is, is you know, people don't talk about it as freely, but I, you know, kind of figured that there has to be some kind of improvisation going on in these shows or whatnot. So I'm glad you kind of explained it, uh, 
you know, to me. And, it, and it's excellent getting a perspective on it um, because everyone has opinions, right? So um, the fact that those things are kind of at the same time is, is, is great to know. So you said that you had already had a foot in the door, I guess, when it comes to some knowledge about it. Um, as episodes progressed and you started seeing yourself on television, um, how did you feel about yourself? Okay, so true confession. I didn't watch a lot of the show. Um, I, I okay. sort of knew as the show progressed what my edit was going to be and what my character was going to be. And I don't know if you remember or not, but Meghan Markle was interviewed um, when she went to Africa. And it was a really emotional interview. And it was in that documentary they made about her and Harry. And I remember because I watched this and I said, I get it. And she was crying at one point going, the worst thing in the world is to have a voice, have a story to tell and not be able to tell your story. And again, her situation is so different from mine, like 10 degrees worse, 20 degrees, 100. But there is nothing more frustrating in the human condition than knowing your truth and knowing what your story is and having everybody else watch a different truth. That, I mean, you want to talk about a new form of torture? That is a new form of torture. That is, so I, I watched a couple episodes at the beginning and then I made a deliberate choice. No, I'm not going to watch this. And I think it's healthier that way too, because it's okay. Mm -hmm. People can watch and enjoy and who oh, the villain and oh, she's awful and stuff, but you don't necessarily have to participate in that. Right. I think some people, the uh, uh, curiosity of what was left on the cutting room floor used to be a good topic of conversation for some, but, but uh, they had to quote unquote, clean up some things that happened on an episode. That's when some will go on to social media and say, this didn't really happen this way. This happened this way. But then again, you're still bounded by confidentiality of that nature. So you can't really elaborate as much as you should. Um, so it's, it's, it's an interesting, interesting, um, you know, not just take on it, but also just a perspective coming from someone like yourself. So, you know, I, I love, that. you know, go ahead. Definitely. You know, um, so I know that back in the day, they used to have a lot of alcohol on sets to kind of entice the situation. Were they still doing that? Very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny in my book one character <laughs> the gods ever gave to reality television with drugs and alcohol I mean if you think about it if you're being filmed and, and it's funny a girlfriend of mine before we started filming said to me be super careful about drinking when you're filming because one glass of wine is like a bottle and two glasses of wine, forget it. You, you're going to lose your inhibitions. You're going to say things that you wouldn't normally say. And when people say, but don't you just act natural on TV? Of course you're acting natural. But this is the example I love to use the best. Imagine yourself doing an everyday routine like brushing your teeth, okay? So you're brushing your teeth alone in your bathroom. You're going to do it one way. Now, put a microphone pack on, have a guy with a boom, and two cameramen and a director in the room with you and brush your teeth. Are you going to let it run and knowing you're being filmed. Are you going to let them run down? No way. You're going to be delicate. You're going to, you know, you're going to do it a different way. So no matter how much you say, no, it's real. It's real. There is always the cognizance that you are being filmed and this will be broadcast. That is always a little awareness that's present. 
definitely you know and i think that's a and um because i worked on one reality show and it was it was very interesting it was uh black in chicago and the one thing that i realized that the you know they kept on you know giving us drinks or whatever but my thing was that the usually when you go to a club drinks are light they're not light that's the thing to understand like she's not kidding you think he's gonna have one drink if you are not somebody that drinks you are absolutely going to get buzzed if not wasted quicker than you think he would because they're heavy when they pour them so you're like oh i'm used to having two or three drinks you're like what just happened so like she said how the way how she talks about you know when typically when you're being filmed if you're you know being filmed and you're brushing your teeth you're going to be careful you're not as careful because you're not even thinking about that. You're thinking of, oh my God, I'm trying not to miss my lines because I am wasted at this point. And I'm trying to make sure I get through this filming without throwing it <laughs> <laughs> say, oh. The drinks are strong and the mics are hot. So that, that part that, that's that's <laughs> for people that don't know, explain what a hot mic is. A hot mic is a mic that's on. And even though, again, I do touch on this in my book because it is a reality of what happens. You go through the process of strapping on a mic belt and, you know, having the mic fed through. So you're wearing a mic. You're thinking, I will always be conscious of what I say when I have this mic on. No way. And the mic is always on. Someone's always listening. So before, for example, my, my example of going to lunch at a restaurant scene, before the scene, you might be sitting there talking to a producer saying, oh my gosh, I, you know, I really don't want to have lunch with her. I'm so, I'm done with her. Someone's always listening. Someone is always listening. And there's a lot of times you will be left alone with your hot mic. Your mic is on um, and maybe there's no producers around. So, for example, in my book, the protagonist is left alone in the back of a limo and she's mic'd and her husband's mic'd and they're having a conversation and she's talking to her husband. Then all of a sudden she says, oh, my gosh, I forgot my mic's on. I'm wearing a mic. Do you think anybody's listening? Of course they are. Someone's always listening. Exactly. Wow. Kara, the, the, let's just go to most hated. I know it's scheduled to be out May 9th. May 30th. It's actually May 30th. May 30th. Okay. May 30th. But for the people who understand that this book, I'm just going to tell people because, you know, we had the pleasure of, of checking it out. And um, I just think that people need to get it to better understand, but also um, deliver so much in this book that it's important for people to get, not just because if they're curious about how reality shows work, but also just the penmanship that this book has, has made. I think it tells a perfect journey as far as what it is, what's going on, and, and how it was developed on your ambitions on you and your team for putting everything out um give the listeners a little bit more as far as a, a snippet of what to look forward to with most hated because most hated is not only catch people are going to be like damn i need to go i need to go see exactly why she's most hated like i need to understand in addition to everything else you mentioned so tell people a little bit more about it sure so it's the story of six women who participate in a reality television program. And as I said, I really wanted to delve into the the female relationship process. So there is no character. First of all, I love reality television. I still work 
as a producer of reality television, so it's not an attack on reality television. But I did want to peel back the curtain a little and give people a little, just some inside little clues and hints as to what goes into the production, just what we were talking about, what goes into the production of reality television. So it's peppered with that throughout the book. But the crux of the book are these six women and their relationships and and how they revolve, how they relate to each other, how they relate to their families. And I, there's no cast member in my book. The, the show on the book is called Talk of the Town. Um, that's the fictional show that they are filming. And there's no cast member that's similar to any cast member that's ever been on a franchise of a reality show before or present day. I thought in my head, who, do, who would I want to see on a reality television show that would be a strong, interesting female? So one aspect is um, I have always been fascinated by the wives of men who have been involved in sexual misconduct incidents, because I feel like they're never given a voice. We always hear from the victims, as we should, and we always hear the men's defense. But there's that third point of the triangle there that's the wife. And I was always curious, people are quick to jump to say, oh, they must have known what was going on. Or if they didn't know what was going on, that's on them. But I, I was always curious to hear that voice and to hear, you know, what is that perspective? So one of the characters, um, her husband has been involved in a sexual misconduct incident, and she is trying to find her voice and uses this show as a platform to tell her side of the story. Another character is um, a former athlete herself who has ended up married to a professional athlete. And she grapples with having to surrender so much of who she is to support her husband's career. And I had the absolute pleasure of being involved in a book club with a group of wives of professional athletes. And what I learned about what they sacrifice and what they give up and what they invest in the name of their family, I just thought had to be shared. I just thought that was so fascinating. Um, another character is a social media influencer, which, you know, that's, I call it tabloid culture. That's like such a sign of the times and, and what these people go through. There's a, a very, very aggressive, eager reality television show producer who sees her opportunity producing this show as her chance to rocket onto the next big project. Because as much as the participants in a reality television show need to get their contracts renewed every season, people might not realize that production is only as good as their last season as well. So you need to make it the most watched, the highest rated, the most in demand in order to get hired on either to your next job or to the next season of the show. You're only as good as your last season. So there is a lot at stake with these women. Um, there is a woman who is a female CEO of a company, uh, a kinky company, actually. She's the female CEO of a sex toy company. And her personality is very brash and in your face. And how does she mix with these others? So again, I come back to, I really wanted to explore interpersonal female relationships because I just don't think that there's enough girlfriend books out there for lack of a better word. You know, how can we as women do better? How can we as women support each other a little bit more? How can we not ostracize the truth tellers in the group, but maybe recognize people and saying, oh, they're kind of brave because I did a lot of research for this. I, I read a book by Dr. Phyllis Chesler called Woman's Inhumanity to Women. And it was a fascinating read because the sociological relationships that women, females have start when girls are young in the playground and they are very tribal. 
and there is a pecking order and it's very different from the relationships that men have. And it has nothing to do with anything more than how we program our girls to think and interact. And that's what I think needs to change. And that's what I explore in the book. Wow. See, I, that's Most hated. I, I love they made 30. To, I feel like people's uh, journalistic lives and how they read change. I'm telling you, it's going to be great to, you know, get people's reaction. And um, before Danielle asks a question, um, I definitely want to ask you about just journalism. Um, your take on how it is now versus how it was, let's just say a decade, two, maybe three decades ago. Right. Well, with a 24-hour news cycle, it's very different, as I'm sure you both could attest to. It is, the pace is so much faster. Uh, today's news is in the recycle bin by the end of the day. <laughs> you know, it's the 24-hour news cycle, I would say has really changed things a lot. The, the digital age has really changed it a lot. Um, you know, there's still a lot of people out there that are going after the stories and trying to deliver the stories. And I love that. And I recognize that. And I have nothing but respect for journalists. Um, I, I, I love the business. I love reporting on things. I, I was very fortunate. I got into fashion and beauty um, through a woman whose name was Linda Wells, who had been a journalist first and then went on to edit a fashion magazine. And she was groundbreaking because she said, we're no longer going to regurgitate press releases. We are going to take a journalistic approach to the topics of fashion and beauty. So if we're talking about hair, we're not just going to say, buy this shampoo, it'll make your hair pretty. We want to know why. So we're going to talk to the trichologists who are experts, uh, medical doctors, experts in hair. We're going to find out what should I be looking for? What ingredients do I need to look on my label when I'm looking to buy my shampoo? Or if we're talking about skincare, we're going to talk to the dermatologists and say, what treatments are worthwhile? What treatments aren't worthwhile? With my wrinkle cream has these ingredients. What am I looking for? So it was groundbreaking in her day as she continues she's a journalist now working for um a digital platform and it was really groundbreaking and it was such a great way to be trained because i got journalistic training but in the topics of fashion and beauty so it was a win-win for me um real quick the days of the scoopers the ones who broke the news first is totally different now than it was back then as well. So I'm going to kind of have you divide the two between now and how it is. People, let's just keep it real. Eh, they just want to say something just out of whatever. Be it if it's something they heard via rumor, but they never fact-checked, whatever the case may be. They just throw it out there, true or false. Um, it's very different than how it used to be. Like most journalists would go in, maybe get two, maybe three, corroborated story they pushed out there there before they broke news um how, how do you feel about that as well so there is a, a canadian communications philosopher um he's passed away now his name was marshall McLuhan, and his big tagline was the medium is the message and I think that's so true. And in his day and age, he was talking about how television, the medium is the message. And he was around during the Vietnam War. And he said, it's incredible that now you're able to watch a war because this was groundbreaking back then. You can watch a war in your living room while you're eating your TV dinner. Like 
wow, how is that? And now with our digital age, I think if he was around now, he would again be saying the medium is the message because you can be looking at your cell phone, riding on a subway train on the way to work, reading about a school shooting. And I think the story is more about the accessibility people have to those stories, as well as the fact that the school shootings are, are topical and in the news all the time, more than the story, am I making sense about more than the story of the specific news, the school shooting. So, you know, the medium is the message. And I got to say, another thing he said that I absolutely love is these days, Little Red Riding Hood is happy to get eaten by the wolf if it's going to make a headline. And I was like, where are you now, Marshall McLuhan? It's so true. It's so true. Right? Wow. <laughs> that yeah, is right there. You have to look him up. He is so full of good things. His name is Marshall McLuhan. He was big in the 70s. And I studied him in journalism when I was in university in the 80s. Um, and now I'm going back and looking at some of my notes thinking, this man was so ahead of his time. I mean, he was excellent for the time back then but like it's funny how his things his his philosophies and his ideas still resonate even truer right now yes oh definitely you know i love how you just said little red riding hood would be happy to be eaten by the wolf if it got if it got her you know likes on the ground like it's the craziest thing in the world that we're getting to the point of let's have the craziest thing happen let, maybe I'll survive it. If not, my you know my name will live on, kind of a deal. You know, I also the like the piece you were talking about the fact that you wanted to talk about um, women's interpersonal relationships and the the tribe factor that that a lot of people don't understand happens with really 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 young girls and why like like why these girls have such a young low, um, low self esteem. Well, think about how we've been trained. Think about the fact of you know playing a little, little game playing house, all that kind of stuff at, at such a young age. And I've always said the biggest problem that I have is the way that girls have been trained when it comes to work, when it comes to working with boys, because it's always the, if he hits you, he likes you. I'm like, you're training this to three-year-olds and you're wondering why they're telling abusive relationships. You just told a three-year-old that if the little boy hits you, that means he likes you. Don't worry about it. It's not a big deal. Don't say anything. I'm like, what? <laughs> There's no teacher like that's something wrong. Mom, three like, don't worry about that. It's it's so toxic that the and you know words have power. That's so true. That's so relevant. It's such a great point. As a mom of three boys, I can remember teachers saying to me, "Well, boys will be boys," and I was like, "What? What? <laughs> no, no." Yeah. Punish that. I heard that Maybe too. Oh, he's out. just a boy. You're just a boy. You're you're going through whatever it is you're going through. It'll be okay. Mm-hmm. No, it needs to change. And I don't want to make it out to seem that most hated is this heavy, burdensome story. It's it's up here. It's very light. It's like reality television on the page. It's funny. It's meant to be light. It's not meant to be anything heavy. But there are definitely some themes within the pages because you can always use comedy to get your message apart up but get your message through you can keep it light and still have a very pertinent message which i think i do in this story most definitely and the one part that I absolutely I think love about most hated people will need to pick up because it's coming out may 30th but i, I think the the vision the storytelling it does paint you know I, I look at journalists and authors as the same 
famous artists, musicians, or, or whatnot. You're, you're painting a picture with what you're doing um, and how you're articulating it and getting out, getting it out to the consumers. And I think it's important for people to understand. And it's, you know, when I say fire, it's just like, oh, all the gossip, juicy details. Nah, it's deeper than that. It's storytelling. It's painting this picture with each page that be commended for. Um, again, it's it's important. So with that being said, Miss Kara, how can the public go and pre-order this book? I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, I need if you're talking about it so much. How can they do it? So there's a couple ways. And first of all, I want to say this has been one of the most fun interviews I've ever done. You guys get it. You guys are so great. <laughs> this has been, yeah, I really enjoy speaking intelligently with other people in media who get it. So I just wanted to say that. A shameless plug for you guys. Um, the book is available right now for sale on Amazon, amazon.com, amazon.ca. It's available on Amazon for pre-order. Please pre-order because in the book world, pre-orders are everything. I am also doing a Goodreads giveaway. So if any of your listeners are on Goodreads, goodreads.com, uh, there is a giveaway for 10 advanced copies of the book, which will be signed by myself, and you can get it before May 30th. So they could go over there. There's a giveaway that goes on until April 15th. So they could check that out. And Goodreads is a fabulous platform, by the way. If you ever want a curated reading list for yourself, it is fantastic. I can't say enough about it. And then on April 20th at 8 p.m., I am going on to a program called Talk Shop Live, where I will also be pre-selling autographed copies of the book. So there's many ways you can get it. Amazon.com is probably the easiest if you want to pre-order it right now. And then on May 31st, it will be shipping to you and you can pick it up, devour it, read it, write to me and let me know what you loved and what you hated because I always love feedback. It's so funny. I saw an author interviewed the other day and she said, as a writer, you write to evoke. And that resonated so much with me. I said, absolutely. There is nothing for me more gratifying than hearing from the audience positive or negative. I love that. I love to start conversations. I love to evoke. I love to promote communication. So that's how you find most hated. Uh, well, Kara, we have it, but we're going to go buy it. I want the autograph copy now. That's how right? that's exactly. how serious it is right now when it comes to that. So uh, I, I want to buy it. So it's, it's, you know, it's a great, it's a great gift, but at the same time, I want to support the journey. So you just explain to the people where to go as far as what what to prepare for and get pre-order everything, but also social media. Have it. Do you love it? Where can they go find you there? Oh, absolutely. Kara Alloway on Instagram. I'm the most active on my Instagram account. The official Kara Alloway on Facebook. And it's K-A-R-A-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. Kara Alloway on Instagram. Reach out. Send me a message. I read all my messages. I shouldn't tell the trolls that, the haters, but I do. <laughs> I read them all. I might not answer to you. <laughs> or I might try and overcome your meanness with kindness and say, well, I hope you have a good day, but I always read every message. There you go. Uh, Danielle, go ahead with your final thoughts before I have mine, before we uh, let this young lady go off into the sunset and, um, and continue great things. Oh, you know, Danielle, before that, no, I'll, I'll wait till you come back. You have to come back again when the book is out. So we not only can we dive deep into the book, 
um, there's other spinoff questions that I will ask you that we have to hold off until then. So that's a tease, people out there who will be listening to tease for the next time this young lady comes back. So just saying. Danielle, go ahead with your thoughts. The one thing that I will say about this book is that you know how some how some books will kind of take a while to get started. No, it starts off on fire. I was like, wait a minute, I'm on page two. Oh, what's going on? What is what is this? I need to know. I gotta see the rest of this. Maybe I'm def- I'm absolutely gonna be doing a review on my YouTube channel. No question. I, I say to people, before you, start, before you start reading, reserve a chunk of time where you can sit down and get into it because yes. I really, it's mm-hmm. with a bang. <laughs> and if you guys have not been paying attention, at the very bottom of this interview, you guys can see the website where you can go and grab your advanced copy. They had the link for the Goodreads uh, contest as well as the Amazon link. Go for support because this like I said, when I say the book is on fire, it is on fire from the very first page. Go ahead and get the book. Kara is amazing. Such a beautiful spirit, great energy. And she's an amazing writer. So why not support? Period. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Great, great energy. KaraAlloway.com. Uh, most hated. So as I as I say my thing, Kara, you're, you're, you're loved over here. Definitely not most hated. But uh, the book itself is, is definitely going to raise some eyes. And it, it's gonna all the way through. You're not gonna want. So, like you said, Kara, you need to reserve time to, to just get appreciate this gift that you have given us, and and just embrace it all. So, I have to thank you for that, and also uh, thank you for this journey, giving us a different perspective on not just the the housewives brand but also your journalism thoughts and things like that because we've been doing this 15 years if not more um we've seen a lot of changes but you know there's a lot that i i could say that i am looking forward to in how we consume our uh our news and things like that and having a, another peer such as yourself just you know give this kind of perspective and Excellent, excellent opportunity for us to be able to share the wealth, I guess you could say. So I'm motivated. I'm motivated because of you. Thank you. Thank you both so much. It's so much fun to be here. Thank you. All right. With that being said, let's let's when this drops, when this when this book drops, please come back, please. Absolutely. Perfect. Thank you very much for hanging out with us, Next Level Radio, and I'm looking forward to all things. We're following you on social media, so we will be tagging, tagging, tagging all, all, all the time. So let's go. Let's get this out there to the people. Thank you. Thank you both so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure. All right. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye.